0: Hello, welcome to Creative Brand Life Podcast. I'm Justin Sloan.
1: And I'm Paul Zeidman, and happy to introduce our guest this week, uh, one James Mason. James, thanks for showing up on the show. Thank
2: you very much for having me.
1: Uh, And James is a screenwriter and he's also working on a book which I had the the pleasure of being one of the editors for a book about log lines and that's what we're going to be talking about but first, as is our custom, uh, we're going to talk about something we may have read or watched uh, this week that we thought uh, it was worth noting, who wants to go first,
0: sweet, Uh, I guess I can. So we already did last week was I had Top Gun Maverick, of course. That's right. still just resonating in my brain. But, <laughs> uh, I'm always finding random other stuff to watch. So I watched an older movie called A Midnight Clear uh, from 1992. Oh, I love that
2: movie.
0: Yeah, it's good. It has yeah. Ethan Hawke, Kevin Dillon, a bunch of other great actors.
2: Mid-90s?
0: Yeah, 92. I uh, was like, they should have cast me, these jerks, but uh, that's
2: cool. <laughs> you were an extra on the German side
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's a cool movie about like the 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 basic the basics of it are just this group of soldiers in world war ii i think it is yeah in world war ii they come across a group of germans who start like having a snowball fight with them and weird stuff and then eventually you find out they're saying like hey we're not nazis we want to kind of uh turn ourselves in and i won't ruin it for you but yeah stuff happens and it's kind of cool kind of fun so you know uh, you know, World War ii story style way of whatever fun means. I'll put uh, quotation marks around that word, but yeah, enjoy the movie and I recommend it. Okay, yeah, we all deal
2: with stress in certain ways, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I can
1: uh, kind of uh, continue that theme. We're going to get to it. So I actually have been a, a little busy uh, watching a lot of stuff. So the first one I watched was Lightyear on Disney Plus. Uh, it was fun. It was enjoyable. I don't think it was a necessary movie, but you know, I can also see why it didn't do well at the box office because I think yeah. it was to me it was a little predictable. But Uh it was it was still enjoyable. I I enjoyed it. But, you know, I don't need to see it again. Uh, And I have no idea why why this popped up on my uh, HBO Max page. But it said, hey, we think you might like uh, Captain Blood, which is an Errol Flynn movie from like 1935. Uh And like one of the original pirate uh, swashbucklers. That was fun, a little cheesy, but uh, it was still enjoyable. And that led me to. Uh, getting to the World War II thing. Uh, and also on HBO Max is this movie called Objective Burma, which was from, I think it's oh. from during the war. And uh, Errol Flynn is the captain of the uh, army patrol has to go and sabotage a Japanese radar base. And it's, it's actually longer than I expected, but actually moves pretty well. And also a little predictable, but it was also, <laughs> I think because I know so many veterans and uh, active duty military that, it was hard to believe that all of these guys who were portraying the soldiers were actually soldiers because they all seem yeah. like they're in their thirties and forties. Uh, but it—it it was. I enjoyed it. It was better than I expected, and then that also led to uh, the John Wayne classic, "Flying Leathernecks," which was, I don't know, just cinematic cheese. I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> it was fun, but yeah. it was just—it it was not the most believable of military guys. But for the most part, I enjoyed
0: it. Nice. It looks like Objective Burma was made in 1945, so it's always interesting go. to see movies that are made about the war, like right around the time of the war. Propaganda. Yeah,
1: because yeah, there is a little, there's a little thing at the end that talks about how uh, the the Japanese peril must be stopped and that sort of thing. And I guess oh, this must have been
0: during the war. Now going back to Lightyear slightly, I have to say they did a horrible job of marketing that movie because I've tried to get my three kids to see it numerous times and they'll never let me show it to them. They just don't care. They're like, no, we don't have any interest in that. Why are you trying to make us watch this movie? I'm like really, come on. Guys, yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting kids interested in it. Well, I, what's
1: really interesting that if you watch the Toy Story movies, you see all these little elements that they took from those and put them into the story for Lightyear. Like, oh, this is how we became a space ranger. And this is how his suit yeah. got developed and all that sort of stuff. And Again, it was fun, but was it really necessary? I don't think so. And also, I think a lot of people had issue with the fact that it was Chris Evans doing the voice and not right, Tim right. Allen, which I guess from a, a casting point of view it makes sense because Chris Evans is a bigger box office draw than Tim Allen is now. But I guess people associate Buzz Lightyear and Tim Allen together. So maybe that's yeah. what well, that was one of their stumbling blocks.
0: yeah. Yeah. So, James, how about you? you have anything you've read, watched, listened to? You know, whatever? it's kind
2: of crazy that we're talking about World War II because uh, <laughs> I just watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade uh, on Saturday. Uh, it was just, you know, something fun to watch with my girlfriend, who's actually in Japan. So she and I, uh, you know, put it on at exactly the same time and react to, you know, like seconds apart because we can never actually sync it. Of course. But, <laughs> um I had such a a, a blast because I haven't seen it since 1989 Wow <laughs> and the and the crazy thing is um, I liked it then but I didn't love it and so she actually wanted to see it and then like just yesterday I I read an article that this is uh, Quentin Tarantino's least favorite Indiana Jones movie
0: right and I'm like Ooh.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay but <laughs> but anyway yeah I also um, I have a short film uh, in the Holly Shorts Film Festival. And uh, so I went to see it in the action adventure um, short group. And there was a bunch of short films that were um, pretty memorable, really quite fun. And there was actually one that was, um, I'd seen before in another film festival uh, called Beauty Queen from the Philippines. And it's based on a true story of a Uh, beauty queen uh, who in world war ii after japan invaded the philippines became a commander and this is um, they're trying to raise money to make it into a feature and i think it would be a a fantastic feature um, you know about this beauty queen who dresses up in high heels and lipstick to go fight (laughs) this is true story (laughs) yeah yeah we're reading uh, about that yeah so it's uh, um, other than that um, i'm you know I haven't been able to watch much cuz I'm just I'm constantly writing. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I think
1: we, I think we can
0: all relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got to yeah. you got to research though occasionally.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I owned a video store back in the 90s, so I got a really oh, good nice. education uh on film and um and when I wrote the book, um I I decided to use about 45 examples of the greatest movies of all time. So I was able to go back and, and, and write log lines for you know, 45 great movies, but you, know, you don't just write log lines, you have to go through and you know, look at all the elements of those stories. So it was great fun over the course of a couple of years going back and doing all that research.
1: And speaking of log lines, which I guess is the word of the day, so that is what uh, James's book is all about. The one I had the pleasure of uh, being an editor on. It's about log lines and how to how to put one together and all of the elements that you should put into it. And I've met with James in person before, and this is a really big. Um, I'm not going to say an issue, but it's a it's a big subject. For James to take on. And he even, I remember you even saying like, what am I doing? <laughs> this, is, this is such, it's the more, the, the more research he did that the bigger the, the book was becoming. So what was the, the impetus for wanting to write this book and how were you able to put it together?
2: So, um, so for about a decade, I've run the uh, Loglines group on Facebook, which anyone is welcome to join. I'll just uh, add anybody. Uh, that wants to learn how to write a logline. And so for 10 years, I've been teaching people how to write loglines based on Christopher Lockhart's article um, that you can find pretty much anywhere on the internet. Uh, but the problem with you know, Christopher Lockhart's article is that uh, it wasn't complete and it's, uh, it, it had some not, some not so great examples, let's put it that way. Um, so even people who read the article uh, have you know, struggled to write the log line. And so I decided to uh, break it down into its constituent elements and, uh, and go take a first principles approach to it. Um, so in my real life, I'm, an, uh, I'm a project manager in advertising. So my job is to help everyone else do their jobs in a timely fashion, which makes me a great collaborator. If you wanna, uh, you know, a writer, you know, to, uh, if you wanna collaborate with a writer is someone who can set a schedule and keep a schedule. Uh, and I took that same approach and applied it to uh, writing a log line. The first thing is, how do you decide what belongs in a log line and what doesn't belong in a log line? And so, over the course of many years, we've uh, I've just kind of developed this this like checklist of all the different elements that need to be in the log line. Um, and then when I started like like Paul was saying, I started getting into it and like, all right, um, protagonist well it's not always a protagonist sometimes it's a hero you know and then sometimes the the you know the main character doesn't fit the um the the dynamics of a change character so how do you deal with all those things so i wanted to break it down so that you can understand you know that the main character is the pov character right and the main character has um you know it could be uh, it could be a protagonist, a change character who has to learn something about themselves in order to succeed. It could be a hero who has to, you know, um, you know, restore the status quo or or re- uh, obtain some justice for other people. They're not really uh, the, the consequences are not for them. Therefore, the, this is society, for instance. <clears throat> but there's also other characters like the trailblazer character uh, who's already changed. It's like a protagonist who's already changed, and then there's. Um, a leader character. And um, there, there are other kinds of characters. I'm not gonna go into all of them because there's, sev- there's seven that I've identified. And each one of them has a different t- type of opposition who faces them. Like for instance, you have um, the, the antagonist. And I define the antagonist in a specific way. Uh, the one who opposes the, the express goal of, story goal of the main mm-hmm. character. Um, and then there's a villain. And a monster. So those are your base, three basic uh, character types. But then you also have the oppositional forces of nature and supernatural and and um, and uh, technology. And so there, the thing is that what I the way I describe a logline is it is a description of the central conflict uh, of the story, the the main conflict that is resolved in the co- climax of the story so all of the other uh, you know conflicts that happen within a story don't necessarily belong in the log line only the one that's resolved in the climax well the climax is connected to the inciting incident right the inciting incident um, changes the character's status quo and and forces the character to act in some way so uh, and that that inciting incident, is resolved in the climax, right? So, I started to realize that there's this, there's there's these different shapes of stories, and um, and because we write complex stories, we want to try and include all that in the logline. So then I thought, well, you have to understand the purpose of the logline, right? The purpose of the logline isn't to sell the movie, right? That mean you know, that that's it's not the TV guide one liner or the IMDb one-liner, although I would love it, you know, to be a logline in the, you know, on IMDb. Most of those are just kind of trying to get you to watch a movie. But what's the purpose of a logline? To get um, the industry person to read the script in the first place, or secondly, to, you know, to keep the the, the crew uh, and, um, and everybody in the production on the same page. And then uh, including, you know, through editing, if we have an idea of what the but the central core idea of the story is, um, you know, I think um, if you think about, you know, some of the, you know, these mass, massive blockbusters that are written by like three different teams of, you know, three different people each, you know, you've got like, you know, nine writers on a script and it seems so disjointed. Well, maybe that's because they were writing different movies. They weren't all on the same page. So a log line can help you get onto the same page.
1: That's a great point. I I, have, I really like the one, I mean, I knew that a logline is really like, it's the, to uh, get somebody's interest to, to, I guess, get somebody's interest in the script, in the story, but I never thought of it from the um, but you you make you almost make it sound like a post production type of thing the like the crew and the and the editors because I imagine they would already know what the story is but maybe they see it a little differently but I I think that's a fantastic point to make but one of the things I really wanted to point out is that. Uh, seeing log lines that have been posted on your group, but also that I've seen overall, that a lot of writers, when they post a log line, it's really more about the setup of the story rather than what the story's about. So why do you think, or do you have any theories, why this is what a writer would present as a log line?
2: Well, I think that, first of all, there's a miscommunication between what a premise line is and a log line. A premise line is um, where, let me just say that, if we, dis- if we define the logline as a description of the central conflict of a movie, we can describe the premise line as the promise of conflict, right? So one is describing the actual conflict and one is describing the, the promise of conflict. So in a premise, you have this general idea where the setup, right? It's like, ooh, I'm gonna tease you with this little idea and, the, and it's like, oh, and the and the reader or the person listening will say, "Oh, I can see so many different opportunities for for conflict, right?" And that's that's I think a big confusion between people who want to promise conflict and one who wants to describe conflict.
1: Okay, okay, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I I've seen so many log lines where. The, the way the log line is written, it sounds like this is all, This is what I have here will take you to the end of the first act. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's... that's all. And they don't really go into anything else about the rest of the story. It's kind of like, here's the setup for my story, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to give any hint or um, inkling
2: about what happens after that. One of the uh, elements that I talk about in the book is um, uh, setting in context. Um, And really what I'm talking about for context is what is necessary to understand the conflict. Um, What is the setting is like, so the setting and context gives you a a visual anchor um, to visualize the story in the the, the context, the conflict takes place within that visual context. Does that make sense? Mm Yeah. So um, I think that what a lot of people think is that they have to explain uh, why the characters get into that conflict as opposed to what the conflict is, right? But if you've described your uh, main character properly with a decent flaw or description, because heroes don't necessarily have to have flaws, um, then uh, you have, and you've understood your opposition, then you'll understand um, you know, what the character wants who it is and who's against them, you don't need to have all of the why. That's like gravy for the script, right? It's not, not that it's not necessary for the script. You need it for the script. You just don't need it for the log line. And that's one of the things that we just have to understand when we start learning how to write, how to master the log line. Cool,
0: cool. Do you have any favorite log lines out there that you'd be like, you don't have to have them memorized but that you like often <laughs> point people to as the go-to examples?
2: So, I think that my favorite log line was an anti log line. Yeah. Um, someone described Star Wars from the Empire's perspective. And I just thought that was so clever. You know, it's like, because really, you know, when we think of, as in our culture, we think of guerrilla warfare as uh, yeah. not necessarily the hero, right? You know, sometimes, like, you know, especially in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, the, 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 uh, those people who are fighting against us—we are the evil empire, right? But from our perspective, we're the heroes, right? So they twisted it around, and I thought that was quite clever. So, um, so what I did was in the in the book for the opposition, I tried to write the log lines from the uh, from the opposition point of view. Um, okay. but as far as you know, my favorite log lines, um, I really don't have. A, I think. Like, I have 45 examples in the book, and I don't have a favorite. Though I can say that the ones that I'm most satisfied with were the hardest ones, like Amadeus and Shawshank Redemption. They're, they're incredibly hard because they're so difficult uh, to describe that story because they're, they're narrators, and there's, um, you know, there, there's so much to it. But once you nail those log lines, um, it's really satisfying.
0: yeah nice nice and do you have any like main mistakes that you come across especially like writing the book or in your group that you come
2: that you've seen yeah so like I learned a lot writing the book as well um, and what I learned was that um, if you don't understand what your core elements are you can think you know that you're telling the story of the, the central conflict as it applies to you uh, but um, but it's really not what's the central conflict of the story. Uh, so like I'm really becoming clear on what your elements are will help you to, to write a really great log line. But the biggest mistake by far, by far is people not understanding the idea of external stakes and external goals. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that, uh, you know, it's all about how you feel and, you know, and, and it, it, First of all, it's not visual, you know. Uh, it's really hard to describe, um, you know, how a character succeeds when when they decide themselves if they've succeeded or not, right? Because it's an internal goal, right? They've, you know, they w- wake up one day and they they're healed. Well, I'm sorry, but that's that's that might work in a script when you have you know 90 or 100 pages to to describe that. But when you have one sentence, really, we're looking for the external. External goal, external stakes, and 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 another thing is that, um, like, the idea that um, that the stakes are life and death is like it's crazy because the stakes have to be bigger than life and death. It can never be just life and death, right? So I I get a lot of people who write, uh, you know, that you know he he risks death to do this i'm like and why why does he have to risk death what is more important than his own life that he has to risk death that's the stakes mm-hmm. so yeah cool nice
1: i was i was i was going to ask so i mean i also see this a lot with loglines that a lot of writers go more for a concept or yes. an idea in the logline, like one of the most uh, cliched one is some, you know, uh, guy goes to the office and wackiness ensues. And <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, that's not a logline, you know, that's that's more like it's a concept. It's almost a pitch, but it yeah. doesn't tell me what the story's about. And and I've had people argue say, well, you know, crazy things happen. So, say, well, yeah, okay, I get that, but what's right. the story about? And right. what what? And I always I always imagine a logline protagonist with a flaw or at least an adjective and there's an, an and some kind of antagonist that's uh, opposing them to achieve their goal and right. what happens if they don't achieve their goal and a lot of people be like well wait that that does i i can't really i don't know how to work with that i said well that's that's the basic core of from my perspective of a log line and that you should be able to apply your stories." uh details into that exactly. and it and you have to fine tune
0: it of course but for the most part that's what it comes down to right and a question uh when would you see the time to write a log line are you a fan of writing it always before you start writing a script do you tend to see people do it after do you think it matters
2: uh well yes i'm a huge fan of doing it beforehand because i feel like if you can write a good log line you've identified nine of the 12 elements of a, of a good script uh, so uh, you can get on, it's like you could think of a logline as almost a one sentence outline of, of a story. Um, but really the way I do it, I, I have um, what I call the one-line method, another book that I'm working on where this would be step, uh, step three in the one-line method, um, writing a logline. So in the, in the, first I write the premise, the premise line is, you know, the, like Paul was talking about, the, I, the, the general concept of it. The, it's a, the, pro, the promise of conflict without the specifics of, um, without the specifics of character or plot, right? So if you're describing a TV show, for instance, you would have, um, you could have a premise line that describes the show, and then you could have a log line that describes the, uh, each individual episode, right? the premise line uh, kind of supersedes, it kind of lives above uh, the, it sets the expectation of the audience in a general way where, this, where the log line is much more specific. But then when I'm writing a log line for a new story, what I do is I write three different log lines. I write one uh, from the main character's perspective and I, I'll use the term main, main character because that encompasses protagonist, hero, uh, all of the, the seven different types that I have that I have listed in the book. Uh, the opposition, uh, I, I write a log line from the opposition's perspective. So if I have an antagonist, I'll imagine the story from his perspective, right? And what I wanna do is understand that my protagonist and my antagonist have opposing goals, right? Only one of them are, can succeed, right? So essentially they're fighting for the same thing. And if you were talking about like say Darth Vader, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker are not fighting for the Death Star, they're fighting for control over the universe or the galaxy. I keep saying universe, Paul, <laughs> but it's galaxy, right? So um, from, a, from a concept perspective, they're fighting for, the, for the, the, and they eventually want, you know, Darth wants to, you know, rule with his son together but anyway, that's um, that's the second log line. So the first one is from the main character. The second one is from the opposition. And the third one is from like an omniscient perspective or a, a third character, a focus character, some other character in the story so that I can understand how other people in the story are perceiving the conflict, right? Okay. So those, yeah. those three things. And then the fourth thing that I write is something what I call a thematic statement. And a thematic statement is really how I see the world, what am I trying to say through my story? What am I saying, trying to say about the world I live in through my story? So um, that's, that's more advanced than the logline, but, um, but between the logline, the premise line and the uh, thematic statement, I really know everything I need to know about writing the story. And then I can slowly expand it out, actually quite quickly expand it out. And, and through theme, I can explore Um, the idea of uh, compare and contrast so I can help understand what my secondary characters are. It's all just, you know, you know, other people may um, like, you know, write the first draft and then have to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. But I don't really like killing my darlings. I really like to know what I'm going to write beginning, middle and end before I set out on the journey of writing. And then I can concentrate on the craft of writing instead Mm. of craft and story which is a tough nut to, to crack
0: yeah That's i'm cool. with you I, uh, <laughs> sorry i was at the austin film festival years back and damon lindelof was talking and that was one of his uh kind of big steps and it, it changed my way of thinking which is where i uh, kind of doing it more like what you're talking about where he was saying he would always start with a log line and then he would do like a log line for each act and then he would just start yeah. breaking those out and like throw yeah, ideas yeah. in there uh, so when i break it out
2: process. That's exactly right. So I use a four act structure. Um, the mini movie method might be called, you know, I, USC was teaching that for several years. I don't know if they're still doing that. But um, um, when I um, expand my story out, so first I'll write it in one page and then I'll write it in four pages, right? And each of those four pages will start out with a log line for each of those um, uh, acts, those four acts. So, and this is great for collaboration as well because um, I wrote uh, the feature *Caged*, which came out in 2021, uh, starring Eddie Gathegi and Melora Hardin, and I and I co-wrote that script with the director, and uh, we did two drafts in ten weeks because um, we were so on the same page because of you know we knew what we wanted to do, um, but the thing is that it was set it's set in solitary confinement, so having an an active protagonist in a place where they literally take everything away from you. (laughs) How do you do that? And so we were able to really hone using the log lines for each of those four chapters. We were able to really make sure we had an active protagonist in, in, in in the worst possible situation.
1: That's really cool. I, 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 so I have a a bit of a challenge for you. I, I love the idea of the, the different perspectives for the log line. So one from the, I guess, the protagonist point of view and one from the antagonists. So what would the antagonist uh log line be for Jaws? So if you go with the shark as um, the main character.
2: Um well so um, you can well that's a that's a tricky quote. So <laughs> no so so he's a monster and um, and monsters are driven by id. They're not really Motivated by uh, by any kind of emotion or desire, uh, they just do what they do. Um, but um, in that case, I might consider um, uh, the mayor the, the as really the one who gets the the drama going, hmm. right? So I might consider that. But yeah, that's a I'll have to think about that one. Okay.
1: I I I wanted to see like what would the approach be because I was while you were talking I was trying to figure it out in my head and I wasn't really having much success because okay a great white shark uh is I don't know his his feeding is interrupted by some uh uh, what pesky humans I don't
2: know (laughs) right but yeah I think it's you know for the monster and for some natural opposition natural uh, like nature and technology and um and tech and the other oppositional forces, there's really no um, um, goal. Mm-hmm. It really is just id. It really just is. It represents um, the worst of, uh, of human, uh, what we as humans uh, could do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I'm explaining that right. I haven't, haven't thought about this in a while. But yeah, if you look but, it up
0: online, it does, you know, like a lot of people refer to this, this share the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the mayor? Mayor. Yeah. The mayor as the antagonist. Since, like in yeah. the Joker, the Batman movie, Dark Knight Rises, or whatever the second one was, uh-huh. uh, they talk about that it wasn't Joker who was the bad guy. It was Harvey Dent slash, uh, Two Face, because he's yeah. really the one who, like, stands in the
2: way of what Bruce wants. Right. 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 So yeah, the opposition is, um, uh, definitely defined by their, um, by the main character.
1: So, okay. So, so the challenge, so for really any writer, it's to, is, um, the way I see it is that they have to present the core elements of the story and really emphasize the conflict and the, I guess we'd call it the stakes or the consequences
2: of that conflict. Right. Um, so Right, so the thing is that the consequences have to be meaningful to the main character. Um, so in, in the, for instance, a hero, the consequences aren't necessarily, uh, the stakes are not necessarily for the hero, they're for other people, but the consequences are because it's, um, the, the, the hero cannot accept uh, injustice or, or the villain winning in any way, even if that means death for the, for the hero. Um, you know, like, I, I love the idea of, um, you know, like Braveheart, um, um, not that he's a hero, but, um, you know, his goal is to free um, uh, Scotland, but he, it, he's, it's a tragedy if you look at it that way. But he really inspires another character, Robert the Bruce, who was a minor character in the story. But uh, through this transition, um, you know, uh, he you know when he when he's killed in the end spoiler alert um, he uh inspires robert the bruce to take on his fight so he is successful so uh, you know i love that idea that it's just um what is tragedy right
1: sure sure so so, so here's so here's the, the thing is that I know the book's not out yet. So what is a good way or what are some ways that a writer could, I guess, hone their logline writing skills? Does it coming up with the core elements? Is it like what is the core con- right. concept of your story? What's the core conflict? And try to put it in the most, yeah. I don't want to say marketable, but I guess the most
2: mm, enticing way possible. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea... Is um, I think first understand your elements, right? Your uh, the setting and con- context, your your main character, um, the opposition, um, the the goal, the external achievable goal, um, and um, uh, etc. Uh, the idea though is to really understand that um, you have to have conflict. And you really have to understand what conflict is, and that is, I'm going to really explain it really, basically, which is one character wants something, another character doesn't want them to have it, right And, and the main character has to have it, right but they're weaker than than the opposition, right so't don't, don't write a, a script where you know uh, you know you write about a strong main character because then of course they're going to win. Show me some. You know, that's show me the conflict, you know, in the log line that you know that they're gonna have to overcome something major, that there's gonna be how do I you know. um,
1: well I've also heard that the antagonist's goal is the opposite of what the protagonists want, and a lot of times if if they Want the same goal, but for different reasons. That just adds to the conflict. Like the good guy wants it for this reason, but the antagonist wants it for his own personal reason, which is totally against what the protagonist wants.
2: Right. So I think of it this way: you can have um, you can have where they have the same goal, or you can have it where they have mutually exclusive goals, but only one can win. Right. Only one can have that goal. Right. Uh, so the and in the logline, we don't need to know why the uh, villain wants to succeed or, you know, you know, it could be, uh, you know, his flaw could be hubris. It could be anything, but um, you know, we have the POV character, the main character, we have to know what it is that they want. Um, and and we have to know that the villain um, is in direct opposition, Whether whether we know that it's a mutually exclusive goal or if it's the same goal, it doesn't matter uh, for purposes of the long line for definitely for the story, of course, <laughs> mm. but um, yeah, you've got to have uh, um, the conflict only becomes clear when you understand what the character wants and we understand who opposes them.
1: That's great. Yeah. That, that, that really you know, sums it up quite nicely.
2: Yeah. In an external way. I'm, i I want to be very, very clear. This has to be, even if, even if the external achievable goal is uh, thematic in nature, meaning it's a small goal, <clears throat> but it represents um, you know, this major internal growth, right? You may, let's just say your internal growth is the most important thing in your story. Um, it still needs to happen because of this external conflict. They're thematically related. It has, to be, it has to be visual. And the other thing is the reason it has to be visual is because visual goals and stakes are trackable, right? Visible. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is the audience uh, knows where they are in the story because they know, um, uh, they understand what's at stake and they know where the character is in, in pursuit of their goal. So, yeah, and so the climax, if you want to understand what the climax is, the climax is no different essentially than any other uh, roadblock in the story, except for this is the one that where they run out of time or they run out of options, and if they run out of time or run out of options, their consequences will happen immediately, and the consequences are absolutely 100% related uh, to uh, to the climax.
1: Yeah, that's great that's a great point
2: yeah awesome and what was the uh the name of the book again mastering the log line through the elements of story really
0: cool and uh is there anything else that you think you're going to be writing about other than you already mentioned the what was the name of the nether one of the main theme again like the one sentence something or other sorry <laughs> blanking on that. so the,
2: the next book i'm working on is um um well i'm still trying to think uh finalize the title but it's going to be um um mastering um the premise and uh theme those are basically um so here's an interesting thought you know i think of um three different perspectives when writing the story there is um the writer's perspective uh you know which is you know basically plot and character uh then there's the audience's perspective um which uh you know how they receive the story because how, how an audience receives a story is vital to you getting across your, you really have to understand. But setting audience expectations, right? That's what we do with uh, genre and uh, premise. And then mastering theme is an, is going to be a part of that book, I think. And then the fourth book is bringing it all together. It's mastering the process, which is basically that um, the 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 four lines that I was telling you about the premise line, the log line, the thematic statement, um, bringing it all together uh, to um, in a collaborative way. So either whether you're collaborating with yourself or with other people, and I mean, collaborating with yourself, collaborating with um, <laughs> it's kind of funny that I say that collaborating with yourself R- when you're writing with yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. And, um, And if this is the problem, I think, with a lot of writer directors is that there's nobody to say no to them. Uh, (laughs) So if if you're writing a script and you are just doing it by yourself, then you're always right. (laughs) And and so the idea of uh, having these guardrails up allows you to um, not only make sure that you're being ultra clear when you're talking to somebody else, but ultra clear when you're talking to yourself sound advice awesome
0: yeah. yeah i was gonna ask uh, as a closing i guess do you have any other recommendations for you know favorite books on similar topics or other sources that you've kind of learned as you grew on your way
2: you know that's the funny thing is i've never found a book on uh writing a log line that's why i felt like i needed to write it awesome. so uh i try to read everything yeah. um
0: yeah Oh, how about non line related, just for aspiring writers who are looking to get into this craft or?
2: Yeah. Uh, um, so the, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, there's, everybody's going to resonate with, you know, with a guru or a, a writer. I love Pilar Alessandra, uh, you know, the coffee break screenwriter. Uh, I've taken several of her classes. She's super encouraging to, um, to the young writer uh, she was to me when I was a, when I was, I thought I was an experienced writer until I took her classes. (laughs) Um, Corey Mandel has a great class for uh, advanced screenwriting, which, you know, kicked my ass, um, but really taught me a lot. Um, And yeah, there's, you know, so many different books out there that, you know, that have been beneficial to me over the years. I can't even, (laughs) I you know, make 25 years ago, I read a book, um, creating unforgettable characters, um, by Linda Seeger. And I don't even know if that's still available, but it stuck with me, uh, all these years later. (laughs) Uh, when do, when do you expect your book to be released? Um, well, that's a good question. I'm still uh, looking for a publisher and I'm I'm working on some of the notes that you gave me, Paul. And um, so I'm thinking that um, I know some people at uh, um, um, some publishing companies that once I get it into uh, an even cleaner, better uh, situation, then I will go out to publishers. But I'm looking for a publisher. If anybody knows a a good publisher, I'll take it.
1: All right. Well, that word has been given. Michael Weiss.
2: Speaking of Pilar Alessandra, she's published with, uh, through Michael Weiss, um, productions. Uh, they, I don't know if you know the book, uh, Shot by Shot. Um, it's yeah. like the, the, the greatest book on directing. That's a, ser- a couple books. Um, 25 years ago, when I directed my first movie, I, I, I bought those books and devoured them. And I thought someday I'm going to write a book and I'm going to have them publish it. Um, so <laughs> that would be my, that would be a dream to be published by Michael Weiss awesome
0: <laughs> cool all right well I think that brings us to the end of our time uh, do you guys have any last minute questions Paul no actually uh, so James uh, uh, is there a way for people to follow your information
1: online or some kind of online presence they can check out
2: um, you can join you can um, screen rioter at um, at Facebook or Instagram um, or heck even at gmail <laughs> you, can, you can just email me uh, uh, or you can join the, the uh, log loglines group on uh, Facebook. Just go to groups slash uh, fe- uh, loglines on Facebook, and and uh, and uh, we can chat there.
1: Okay. And I will preface this by saying, if you do join, uh, the log lines group, make sure you read the Chris Lockhart article because they do stress that and emphasize it uh, for almost every writer who posts a log line on there.
2: Yeah. There's another guy, uh, James Patrick Joyce, who's, um, he's, uh, he's a tough cookie, but he's got very good advice. He's just uh, very blunt, <laughs> which, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's good cop, bad cop with me, but you know, we, uh, We definitely are on the same page with that. Read the logline article. Uh, Read my description of a logline with the nine different elements. And uh, and, and I will be glad to help anybody polish their logline.
1: You heard it. (laughs) Contact (laughs) James.
2: Yeah.
0: There you go. Cool. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Paul. Our pleasure. Listeners, if you want to spread the word, that'd be awesome. Leave some reviews. That'd be great. Uh, I'm Justin. You can find my books on Amazon.
1: And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, Maximum Z, Maximum Z dot blog. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. Like you said, he's Justin. I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. And most importantly, go write something.